0: Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group.
1: And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics.
0: Hey, John, just a few days ago, you told me how Google was so well-positioned in healthcare, but Amazon was lousy. And I think pretty much while we were talking, Google said they're dismantling their health division and that the head of it is running off to become CEO of Cerner.
1: Just because things are a good idea, David, doesn't mean people are going to do it, particularly large companies that make titanic amounts of cash doing something else. I still remain correct that Google is the best positioned facility and organization to organize, simplify, and make healthcare data transmissible and shared in a safe way. I am right. Google is wrong about Google being right and you being wrong.
0: Yeah. Okay, John. I don't know if I can follow all that. But what you're saying is they're like the, they're like the Delta variant of information. They can spread it everywhere despite people wearing a mask nope, or whatever they may they be. No.
1: They are like vaccines. If they can engineer it the right way, they can cr- solve a universal problem with a universal solution.
0: Okay, John. We're going to relabel you as Dr. Double Down and see how it goes from there. I
1: won't back down. Tom Petty was right. Don't back down.
0: I, I love the summer, John, except the thing is it always seemed to me like around July 1st or July 4th, they would start advertising back to school. I hated back to school, but you know now it's sort of like back to school and then we didn't have back to school. so Last year, we didn't have back to school and this year, we're going to talk about back to school and whether we have it or not. You ready for back to school, John?
1: Well, I think what you're talking about is really back to school safely. I mean, we've got a challenge right now in that you know, parts of the country are highly vaccinated and parts of the the country are still trying to figure out whether they should get a vaccine or mask. And so the COVID virus is still running rampant. And when you think about a vaccine that's highly effective, but which is not recommended for anyone under the age of 12 and where I think the under 21-year-olds, particularly the under 16s, it's only a third of the people, uh, of students are vaccinated You're creating an environment where unless we sort of have defense in depth, uh, it's going to be really hard to open the schools. At the same time, if we don't open the schools and have people attend schools in person, we know that these are going to be the lost years for a number of students who don't have great internet connections and frankly have a hard time, like most teenagers, like I would, staring at a screen all day, taking in new information.
0: John, this is actually the third school year that's going to be affected by COVID, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. The CDC did issue some guidelines this week about going back to school during COVID, and there are nine guidelines. The first one is take COVID-19 seriously. and The other ones are not specifically related to COVID, although there's some indirectly related about mental health matters and routine vaccination saves lives. until You know, to wash your hands. There's also a kind of a climate change one thrown in there um, as well. What what did you think of those guidelines?
1: I think it's sort of missing the point. It's like the house is on fire, and we're going to talk about electricity. I mean, this is all about COVID nineteen. It's all about the threat of virus, uh, of, of 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 kids getting sick, of kids getting into the ICU. I mean, the vaccine hesitancy in this country is driving hospitalizations in pediatric ICUs through the roof in any area where people are unvaccinated. The reality is the current uh, mRNA, the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines are highly effective, like 90% plus at preventing serious illness and hospitalization. Uh, But the only way they work and protect all of us is if there's a high level of vaccination. And if there aren't, what we're doing is we're basically making kids vulnerable. And when we send them back to school, we're getting them together, which means they're going to be more vulnerable. I, I think it, it sh- we shouldn't be screwing around with uh, uh, talking about anything other than the simple, clear message that this is a threat and we have to defend against it. And to, and, and, the, and the way we defend against uh, serious infections and viral infections is defense in depth and agreeing on it. But to be talking about climate change in, in the middle of a the pandemic strikes me as sort of silly.
0: John, I, I was seeing you know, different analogies that people are trying to use to describe covid pandemic vaccination and so on and one of them had to do with about a like a wildfire and you, you want to take the kindling away right so one way to do that is like to vaccinate people and then they're it's kind of like putting water on the tree or something like that to keep it from burning or actually sometimes what they do with like a house that's in the area of a forest fire is they they put the same stuff that they use for uh they go in pampers yeah, these diapers, and then they fill it up with with water, and that protects the house. So that's kind of like what a vaccine is. But of course, the kids aren't eligible yet.
1: I don't know what you're talking about, Pampers and wildfires. What have you? What did, what did you? Were you drinking at lunch today,
0: David? John, I was smoking some of that. Uh, I was smoking some of that forest fire uh, smoke that's been coming in. No. Well, what's different this year, John? Because we were talking about back to school last year, and I think we actually thought kids were going to go back to school last year. They didn't go back to school last year. For a lot of people, it was a remote experience. Certainly, the vaccines is something different. I mean, are we going back to school or not? Well,
1: I, I think we have to, David. I mean, the, there there's a combination of of serious lifestyle disruption for working parents, low income, working income, single parent. Uh, there is not universal child care available, certainly not during, and even less during a pandemic. Secondly, you have just the the mental health and and the long tail of disconnection that a lot of kids feel when they're not a, a, around their peers. It's not just social development; it's just it's it's basic community that kids need. And the third is obviously the disrupted and lost months and years of learning. We have to go back to school, David. We have to find a way to safely go back to school. And the reality is that there are solutions, even when the vaccine, even when the pandemic is running. Um, you've got um obviously uh, vaccinations and and face masks help you see the 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 counter example of a of a school district in California where they have a high level of vaccinations and masking and you've got a, out of a school district like of a of a, of about 5th Brentwood i think it's 55 people were infected with the uh, with covid-19 and a similar school district in Arkansas you had 800 uh where their low vaccination rate uh um uh, uh, face masking by choice I mean the right solution is probably uh asymptomatic testing that is testing where while the pandemic is running uh the entire school district the all the students and the teachers once a week i mean that works uh in Tulsa Oklahoma um they were able to reduce the uh the number of people who were who were ill by testing everyone to i think it's like 0.10 percent, which is about 11 per 10,000 students, and that's a remarkably low number, particularly in an area where we're sort of in the me- in the middle in terms of vaccines and face masks, testing, which is uh, wildly was wild widely available towards the middle of last year, uh, but was not universally t- done, particularly around asymptomatic those folks who don't have symptoms. Um, it could be very effective as a surveillance and managing tool if you can catch things early you can people can opt out you can keep the schools open and 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 sort of manage your way navigate your way through the pandemic it's doable and we have examples like Tulsa that prove it
0: John I like what you said before about defense and depth so let's just tick off some of those things and the idea is that it's not just you know one thing alone isn't going to work there's not one magic bullet the vaccine is the closest actually but we're talking about Masking, so wearing a mask indoors, a decent one, not just a cloth one. Getting vaccinated, testing, certainly routine testing. The pooled testing is working well, where you just you take a bunch of samples and you put them together and see if anybody has it, and then you do a follow up if you need it. Contact tracing, we haven't talked about in a while. What else is there in the uh, defense in depth?
1: Well, I, I, I think that it's 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 every step of the way. It's vaccinations, it's masking, it's personal hygiene it's It's asymptomatic testing. Uh, and then when you've got that testing of the entire population either through pooled testing or through testing everyone, which is what uh, MIT did last year to keep in person. a lot of colleges are doing, uh, or you do pool testing, which some school districts in Boston are doing, um, to sort of identify smaller groups and it's a, it's a highly efficient. We talked about that in one of our other uh, podcasts. Uh, and then contact tracing is is just simply is simply quickly following up on those folks who were identified. I think the uh, early approaches to contact tracing, where we were you know the, the sort of Singapore approach, we've got, we've blown well beyond that. At, at now that we've got the pandemic at depth, where. Everybody's being monitored by the by the state and documenting everything. If we simply mandate um, testing of one sort or another for the entire population, asymptomatic testing, that's about as much contact tracing as you're going to need. And I think, and again, we can we can and, and and this is an area, David, keeping schools open where the president's been very clear and very consistent. And I think honestly, taking a courageous stand, because there's obviously a lot of uh, unions that are inconsistent about whether they support mandatory vaccines. Um, there are uh, different school groups that are uncertain about whether they want their schools open and masks or vaccines. and, and um, the president has been very consistent that he the federal government's going to stand on the side of protecting kids long term uh, by, by, by providing school districts the resources they need to keep schools open.
0: John, another one that you didn't mention—one of my favorites for defense in depth—is actually ventilation. And I hope the schools have taken the time to get the proper uh, ventilation in place because that makes a, a really big difference. It's something that's hard to see, but uh, is uh, you know is is pretty serious. Uh, you know, uh, it's interesting. how –
1: just do? You want to just? Do you want to just talk about that data sure. because I do think that if we could dig into that because it's sort of a broad category. It's like when people talk about infrastructure. Like what is, what is what is that what does that mean to you? Because one of the things we learned early on in Hong Kong or in the in the sort of the Asian research is that well-ventilated spaces, people could congregate and there would be a low infection rate. And in poorly ventilated places, particularly uh, restaurants without open and, and and ready airflow, there was an extremely high level of cross-infection because of the aerosolization, the air-based nature of this virus. But what 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 does that mean? How do you translate that into some, a to-do for US schools?
0: Sure. John, you know, with the pandemic, we got off to a bad start with our understanding of how it was transmitted because there was a belief that it was being transmitted through surfaces and you still see this where people talk about, you know, this cleaning and they're putting all sorts of chemicals on surfaces and so on. But really almost all the transmission is occurring through the air. And unlike with a mask where you can see if somebody has a mask or vaccination, where you know there's a card and you can you can check it. Uh, with ventilation, it's harder to see, and it's ventilation plus filtration. So basically, you want to avoid having uh, a big concentration of virus particles that you breathe in. Um, and one way to do that is just to be spread out, like outdoors, where it, it dissipates, or the virus is killed by the sun, uh, or indoors, having a lot of flow of air, so the air is being recirculated in the room frequently, and then it's going through good filters. Um, as well. So a lot of schools are not very well ventilated. The uh, easiest way to ventilate them is actually to open the windows, but not all the classrooms have windows. Um, and so having fewer people in them so that the air can, uh, the air not be as contaminated and then having ventilation systems that actually are filtering, uh, the air out, uh, filtering the virus out of the air. Are very important. and These are shown um, to work. You'd also saw in some of those that early examples in Asia where somebody could be in the path of, of ventilated but not well filtered uh, air, and they might actually be having the and they might actually be having the virus uh, blow on them. So this ventilation is just absolutely critical. It's well, hard to it's measure. Not, it's
1: it, it's it's not a new thing, but I think that you know something just under fifty percent of all of the facilities that kids are in school is. Are are very old structures where I would not expect the ventilation or filtration to be strong. But if you go back to uh, the pandemic of 1918, you know, you know, when when you were in school, David, um, you actually can yeah. see pictures. I was
0: in first grade, John. Let's let's face it that wasn't that wasn't in my later years. Let's not give anybody the wrong idea about how old I am. The the you
1: know, there there are actually a number of pictures, for example, from Philadelphia, of elementary and and middle school kids taking classes outdoors where they're all wrapped up in blankets. And I think we've got to take the, the issue of uh, ventilation and filtration really seriously, that if you're sending your kid to a school that's, that's really an, an, a building that is either old and has poor ventilation or new and, and doesn't have windows that open or poor ventilation, that, that we should be looking for hybrid, not at school and not at school, but outdoors and indoors learning. Because uh, we've done it before and it worked.
0: So, John, let's get a little political here for a moment. Now, you see these uh, mask mandates. You've got some of the so-called conservatives from the GOP who previously talked about kind of local control and and so on, now telling a locality they can't have a mask mandate. And I've actually gotten emails about this from congressional candidates who must think I'm on the other uh, side of things saying... Hey, they're taking away our freedoms. They're doing un-American things, stifling the kids, uh, and by the way, trying to slip a little critical race theory into the discussion uh, as well. How does all this wrap up?
1: Well, I, I think what 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 we have found is in this country um, there is an almost unlimited um, market for contrary opinions regarding whatever freedom is. Freedom, as a practical matter, those who are who are wrapping themselves in the flag of don't tread on me are also um infringing on the freedom of others to live in a free and open society that's safe and i i i i don't really understand the attraction of attacking science uh embracing nut jobs on facebook and um twitter who are, are, are pretty consistently getting very sick and, in some cases, dying of COVID-19 while they're arguing about everything from taking horse medicine to not masking and not following what the current medical establishment believes is the best treatment. Uh, but I would not underestimate the political attractiveness of this. The reason why you're getting that email, David, is not just because of your peculiar political habits, but also because it is a consistently um, um, uh, uh, sort of uh, attractive American attribute. As, as, as one friend of mine said at one point, um, uh, the, the, in the middle of New York Harbor, they don't have the statue of community. We have the statue of liberty. Um, in the 1918 pandemic, when San Francisco was trying to get folks to – to to wear masks and socially distance um and actually find people who did not wear, wear masks uh the mayor of San Francisco uh proudly paid his fine and, and 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 fought the mask mandate um we are a peculiarly contrary country when it comes to anything that approaches even the idea of a threat to to individual choice and 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 that's dangerous and so i think we just have to consistently try to tie the conversation and the arguments around health uh, to protection of us all and providing and and basically allowing for all of our freedom to live and work and go to school in a safe environment. Because this isn't like a tetanus shot. Let's just talk about the vaccination in specific. If I don't take a tetanus shot and I get uh, an infection, I'm going to die. I'm not going to make you more likely to die of rabies, David. Um, unless, of course, I've got. Ri- <laughs> but this vaccine, <laughs> but this vaccine is 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 and vaccines around, you know, viruses that are that are that are as 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 uh, as, as communicable as COVID nineteen. By not taking the vaccination, you're actually making other people uh, more at risk. And there's a huge chunk of the society that uh, because of their uh, immunocompromised systems, they can't take the vaccine. There are children in the ICU today who are, I'm sure, very sick, and some are going to die, because people in their community didn't bother get getting vaccinated, and they by a- accidentally got very sick, and some of them are going to be you know, crippled because of it. It's just you, you, the 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 claim of one side of free, of one form of freedom is actually infringing on other people's basic freedoms to live a healthy life.
0: So, John, it was it was interesting that the other day the former president uh, was out giving a. Kind of a half-hearted endorsement of uh, vaccination, but an endorsement nonetheless. And he started to get booed and, and heckled by people that uh, were sort of against him, even though they, they were sort of following him before. I think what it says, John, is that people like, uh, sane people like you and, and, and I maybe need to become a little less articulate and a little more rabid and a little bit angrier and, uh, more, uh, more, more vocal, uh, and not just let this sort of, uh, you know, the, the loudmouth crazies drive people along.
1: Well, I, I think I think the the big the biggest failure right now is of the Facebooks and the Twitters um, not taking more aggressive uh, action against people who are who are who are providing you know, sort of prevail pushing out boldface lies, which are whether it's uh it's the vaccine's gonna is unsafe or it's going to affect fertility or it's any other nonsense, or that people should be taking horse medicine or hydrochloric or, for that matter bleach. Um, to, to, <laughs> We need to shut that stuff down. And the second thing is I think we are going to have to have a society that's going to require mandates. Uh, Because ultimately, if your freedom is going to infringe on my kid's health, well, screw it. I'm going to put some mandates in place. And you're either going to participate via that mandate in conventional communal society, school, work, play, uh, or you're going to be excluded. And that's your choice. Uh, but we're going to have to be much more rigid and aggressive about mandates, David. I don't think you're going to convince, you know, the country. If you look at the the industrialized countries, um, Russia, China, and some of the conservative crazies have exploited this and really built the largest base of vaccine hesitancy in the industrialized world. I think it's north of thirty percent of America won't take the va- claim is not to be willing to take the vaccine under any circumstance. Well, if they can't travel. They can't send their kids to school. They can't go out to eat, and they can't go to a lot of places to work or to worship. I think they, that that's the that's the way we're going to be able to crack that vaccine hesitancy. It's not by conventional conversation, but it will be helped if we could shut down things that are demonstrably untrue and that are going to hurt people. That are that that honestly, the Twitters and the Facebooks are making plenty of money on by sort of feeding and fueling that controversy by being contrary to conventional public All right, John. Publicity. That's what I
0: like. Get that spirit up. I want, you're not quite at the rabid level, but you're pretty strong. Last question for you, John. What's back to school going to be like in August to September of 2022? Routine or where will we be?
1: I, I think we, the, the, the reality is we get better at managing COVID-19 every month. With all of the problems, we've got uh, – and we've stopped testing, which is dumb. Uh, of asymptomatics but other than that more and more people are getting vaccinated every day even with all of the suffering in those folks in the unvaccinated states we're getting smarter about mandates we're getting better about therapeutics and i think we're going to be wiser about testing i think i think i think 2022 I'm, I'm much more optimistic than than this year but i think we could also be in for a pretty rough winter david as more and more people are inside it's not just those schools that need to be ventilated there's a lot of Places of work that you really need to be—we need to have standard measures of whether they're safe to visit and work or not—and those aren't those aren't available right now. A lot of a lot of modern buildings, um, for the the way their HVAC is set up, is they have no open windows, and so I think we're going to have to rethink our 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 approach to work and uh, school and space. Uh, But we'll learn a lot uh, in this winter, but once we're through that. The, the the incremental improvement on our ability to manage this virus while it's endemic in our population, we get better every month. So I'm really, I'm, I'm super optimistic actually about 2022. Good,
0: John. I'm looking forward to just having to worry about like, did the dog eat my homework or are you going to steal my lunch money out on the playground? So uh, with that, let's wrap up yet another edition of Care Talk. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group,
1: And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. Thanks for listening and please subscribe.